Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. These next three pieces are dealing with my father and the end of his life. This one is called Dealing with Daddy. He has a leonine head of snow-white hair, wavy and thick, pushing back from his wide forehead. When he washes it, he sits with a broad-brimmed hat on his head to keep it from sprouting out, as he says, in all directions and detracting from his otherwise impeccable appearance. He prides himself on his presentation, from his seersucker suits in summer to his Brooks Brothers navy wool in winter. Starting his day without a tie, weekend or not, was unheard of. That rule was relaxed slightly when he retired and took to his smaller office in the original building of his 127-year-old business. He's a proud man, first and foremost, and he strives to treat others with dignity. He has a reputation as a fair man, one whose word is bond. He is, above all, a courtly gentleman. His manner is hearkening back to kinder, gentler, and more subdued times, even for the South. He believes in hard work and, in his youth, harder play. He loves a good joke slightly off-color, which he can retail at parties to slight discomfort and hearty laughter. A winning poker hand on Monday nights will make his week. Once a picky eater, he has tried and will even admit he likes such delicacies as taco salad, but prefers to stick to his favorites, overcooked vegetables. Do not try to slip an al dente asparagus onto his plate. Wherever he goes, he's hailed by friends and strangers who recognize him from frequent pictures in the local paper, which he admits do not occur as much as they once did. But still, he is recognized. So he makes sure to put in an appearance at those places where this happens, and he's always so happy to see his friends. He's the last of his breed in the town where he grew up. His contributions to the community are too numerous to list, spanning decades of local development spurred on by the space industry. He served as a mediator between misunderstood parties, warring factions, and sometimes just plain old disagreements. Although his equanimity is rarely disturbed in public, he is a force to be reckoned with and not to be taken lightly. He prides himself on his ability to see the bigger picture and present that vision compellingly to others. Farmer and city planner alike respect who he is and what he believes. He's revered and loved. He's a legend. He's my daddy. My daddy, now in the final stage of his life, Gone are his bright blue eyes, twinkling with laughter and camaraderie, one dimmed by blindness and the other struggling to see through his cataract. Gone is his trademark hair, reduced to choppy rubble by ineffectual barbers who don't know the handsome man he once was. He tries to make light of the fact that all my friends have passed on, but I hear the sadness and uncertainty in his voice. Gone is his equilibrium, steadied these days by a walker and his sheer determination to get where he wants to go. 
He plops heavily into his chair at home, struggling when he has to hoist himself back up and doing so less frequently. He likes to sit at tables in the center of a restaurant so he can see who comes and goes and always make sure to say hello whether he thinks he knows him or not. But don't think for a second that he has lost his ingenuity or his powers of creative thinking. Unable to make right-hand turns with that blind eye, he's developed a unique route around the downtown area of his hometown, making only left-hand turns. Being the last remaining member of his 60-year-old poker club, he was featured on the front page of the local newspaper in beautiful color. And he makes sure to let you know when he's the big winner at poker, top pot being as high as $4 on a really good night. Unable to do his usual four-in-hand ties, he has single-handedly resurrected the clip-on tie industry. I've seen him at death's door so many times over the last eight years, it's almost impossible to believe that one day he will finally take his last breath. Every medical emergency, and there have been many, can catapult him into ICU in a heartbeat. He's bounced back from nine months in the hospital when eating three raisins a day was a cause for celebration. He has faced and survived polio, back surgery, strokes, arthritis, high blood pressure, bulging hernias, rotator cuff displacement, and old age. He is held together today by the miracle of modern medicine and sheer willpower. But I detect a subtle difference each time I see him. He's paler tending toward gray in his complexion. Slower, not as hardy. He knows there's no magic pill, no answer to his questions about dying. He chooses to silently endure or erupt in rage when his capabilities are questioned or worry that whatever it is that's happening now is it, the final insult that will take him down. I'm almost beside myself with clashing emotions. I love him so much especially now. People ask me if I'm starting to worry about my own mortality, but not really. What I am worried about, even at my age, is being an orphan when he goes. I just don't know how to live from that place. Daddy has always been there, ready to help if he could. He's my fallback, my soft mattress if I want it. I know I'm old enough to think for myself, to know better. I know that. But I don't know how I will deal with the void he'll leave. Seeing him as less and less the person I know, the person I remember, is like a sharp razor cut that breaks open and bleeds at inexplicable times, but mostly aches from deep inside. Sorrow so deep and unending that tears can't find their way out. And yet I know, as you do, that this is all a piece of life. He knows that too. He's looking for that place he can fall into, that place just for him to lay down and rest. I see him looking for something to lean on, and I know it's not me. I trust that he'll find his way with strength and dignity just as he has in his life. I pray for him not to suffer. I cling to my memories of him, and mostly, I just try to love him. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining, too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. 
but you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on now that you ask podcast.com. Bye-bye for now.